Well, starting stalls is back and we are so close to one of the biggest weeks of the year. Royal Ascot really literally around the corner. So we've got uh, some things to be excited about, some things to certainly talk about for Ascot. But we need to certainly look back, Daryl, at what has been a pretty hot week, quick ground. How have you found it personally? Personally, God, I've been sweating it's like something cruel. I was walking around a golf course on Saturday and I felt like a rotisserie chicken walking around there. Rotisserie we did nine, chicken? Yeah, we did nine holes. I had to get out. It was how'd, how'd you play? I actually did all right. I hit eight over par on the on the on the front nine. What did you so, play on? What the, oh I'm like 36. Oh yeah. <laughs> About yeah. snap, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was actually a really good round for me. So um it wasn't too bad. Before that, I'd been absolutely in my element, sat in a lovely pub called the Georgian in Petersfield. Gorgeous garden, TVs everywhere, racing on, having a beer. But my mate dragged me to a golf course after Mr. Wagyu, unfortunately, bombed out when I had a sizable bet on him. It was really disappointing. Like, my mate was saying to me, like, given the heat and stuff, he was saying, surely this must have, like, an effect on the horses. And me being me at the time, I was kind of looking for an excuse for Mr. Wagyu <laughs> and my big mouth. But... I don't know. What do you think? Do you, I mean, you're not a better place to know than I would. Do you think it's got to have a big effect on them, surely, isn't it? Well, you know, it's for any of us, human, animal, whatever, of, of course, things are trickier in the in the heat, aren't they? But ultimately, um, if you go to, to the yards as such for the mornings, horses maybe pulling out an hour or two earlier, trying to finish before the sun really comes out and it gets too hot and humid. Uh, they'll be having, you know, a good wash after being ridden. They'll be having a good wash again in the afternoon, keeping them nice and cool. You know, some of the yards are fortunate enough that they have sort of fans through the barns, uh, but, you know, other places will be making sure that they're very much shaded, stopping the sun coming into the barns and stables too much if they can help it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's... It, it, depends very much on on each place at home they'll be given sort of electrolytes in their feed potentially to just help um with their salt and obviously make sure that they're drinking plenty and then you switch obviously to the races i mean of course it helps really at this time well when it's hot like this they're running in an evening meeting it's it's no harm because it starts to cool down again um but ultimately everything is done in order to try and make sure that the horses are you know as well prepared as as possible for um the heat and you know the staff very much know what what to do in order to try and prevent it having any sort of effect whatsoever and uh some horses probably do perform better in it than others i suppose mm. it's, it's i like wonder if anyone's done any much. done any like analysis on that like like i wonder if there's any sort of report well like, the only thing i would say is that although i'm gonna really sort of probably not help your cause with Mr. Wagyu here and, and how disappointed you are. He is an absolute winning machine in the height of the summer. Therefore, I'm not sure we're going to give you the excuse that he didn't like it being too hot because he's won yeah. several times when it's probably been north of 25 degrees in June and July before. Very so true. that Very probably true. ruins your theory on that one. Yeah, it was just look, it was just a flat run from him. I really, really fancied him on Saturday. It's just, I mean, you can make the strongest case you you like for a horse but at the end of the day some days they're going to run flat and um that's just what happened and it's just mm. what happened so 
Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned that he's uh, he's run well in the height of summer, so that's obviously a line straight through that that excuse. But Oops. I, yeah, I just wonder if if anyone's out there, if anyone has if anyone is out there and has done any analysis on like the, the temperatures and perhaps favourites underperforming um, in comparison to to market price, I'd be interested to read that because. But you have to you have to consider every individual horse in this scenario, though. You know, if you've got a horse that's quite highly strung that gets quite sweaty, and you know, yeah warm before a race anyway then the likelihood of it being warmer as well is going to probably hinder their chances further you know they've got you know if you've got a type of horse that gets hot and sweaty in march because they're a bit of a hot bod they're a bit highly strung come july if they're boiling over before the race when it's warm or whatever it's it's not going to help but i think it's very much dependent on each individual horse rather than as a sort of overall See, is that yeah, something that you would take into consideration in the yard then? Is that something, is something that, you know... Well, I think, yeah, so like you might have, you know, nat- naturally some horses in the winter go like woolly bears because they're colder horses. So they might have an extra rug compared to the horse that lives next door that might be quite a warm horse. Dodging bullets, honestly, he was such Love a warm that. horse that he literally could have two rugs on in minus 10 degrees. And if you put a third one on, he'd start sweating. Like you have to learn each individual horse as they are. Now that's obviously the beauty of having grooms and stuff looking after them on a daily basis. They get to know, um, you know, their patterns with their drinking, their eating, how they like their rugs or, you know, everything like that, that you wouldn't necessarily consider. So again, that comes down to train as well. Dodging bullets would be the type of horse that probably is out first lot every morning because he's a hotter horse. If it's going to be hot by third lot, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable for him as if he goes out in first thing in the morning. So little things like that, I'm using him, him as an example. And obviously in the winter, that's not something you have to worry about so much. But you understand, you know. Yeah, so just from. just quickly, if, if there was this like a six-year-old that's had plenty of racing, but has strangely never sort of run between, let's just for argument's sake, say sort of June and August, like he's that's the time of year he's had, he's sort of had a break, he or she's had a break. Would you look at that, and if they were then running the following August or whatever in those months, would you then look at that and think, like from an insider's point of view, oh, maybe it's a it's a horse that you know doesn't like to be out in the heat as much? Or mm, no, I don't think you can necessarily put it on that because you've got to think that like they'll be training every day, or you know they they don't just yeah. it doesn't just get hot and they think oh we can't you know leave nonsense. that one stable forget about him for a while you know they <laughs> it's um it, it's you've got to consider things like ground they might not like the summer ground or you know there's so many different factors i don't think you can necessarily do that it might be that they picked up an injury just for whatever reason that sort of matched up at the same similar time of year so every every horse is individually different um but you know it's huge credit to the yards and the grooms and the trainers who get to know them so well as to being able to deal with each individual um sort of to their best needs really uh but look the, the heat as we know can get the better of, of all of us so it's very much hands-on have to keep an eye on them all and uh, make sure they're drinking enough and um as cool as as cool as possible um obviously in the in the heat of things we better go and have a quick look at some of our eye catches i just want to put it out there that you might you might i, I you could correct me here i'm not sure because i can't remember if one of your eye catches is one but i think it's one nil to me yeah, mine haven't run yet, Meg. All right, calm down. <laughs> but it was a great performance by him, though, wasn't it? It was really like, Thunder Blue. very, yeah. very dominant at the finish. Yeah, like, he's going to Royal Ascot next week, isn't he? That's the plan. He's entered in the commentary today. Mm. He'll also have an entry in the Norfolk. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, he could well step back to five furlongs, stiff five. 
kind of have to stay further than the trip um, for those two-year-old races because they go quick. Stiff track could suit him. And he's yeah. another who's quite highly strong, so the occasion might just sort of light him up a bit. You wouldn't want him to be too keen in the Coventry early and not have a finishing effort. So he's got yeah. options. Would he rank in the pecking order in the of the of the juvenile sprinters at sort of am I racing? So tricky, isn't it? Mm. The thing is, where it's hard is the horses have performed on different grounds, so it becomes yeah. tricky. But um, he's a he's a very nice horse. Um, we we won't be that heavy handed in the Norfolk, so he he'd be sort of number one for there, I would imagine, anyway. But um, yeah, I I just wanted to you know make a point of the fact that it's one nil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a pat on the back. Uh, a but, Goodwood um, at the weekend. There were some nice horses. Yeah, so I was going to say you, you, uh, you'll be trying to play catch up now. So let's let's hear what you've got for us from from the weekend uh, and who your eye catches were. Okay, so uh, Gary Moore's Semster ran on Friday in the fi- in the five fifteen at Goodwood. Um, lost many many lengths at the start, along with the winner Trey Floor. Trey Floor runs tomorrow, but they're both very well handicapped on, on past exploits. Um, they didn't go hard, so they sort of caught up with the pack fairly easily before turning for home. But they just went past the rest of them, like they were stood still. Now, they're both horses, obviously, as I mentioned, have been well handicapped on past exploits. And they've just shown that they're far better than that sort of class five grade. Um, he's up a pound to, hunt to to 71. So we can still get into that class five grade. Um, mm-hmm. And I suspect they'll be looking for that sort of class of race next time and uh yeah, he's, he's he's a tricky horse, but um, when it, when he gets things right and he looks like he's in very good heart, he's he's a horse definitely to keep on side. I wouldn't want to back against him in a race, that's for sure. So he he could go very well in the near future, particularly if Trey Foy goes and boosts that form tomorrow. Um, Haydock one fifty on Saturday. Everybody would have seen this uh, cooperation yeah. in the in the in the sprint. Now again, this is another horse that's the reason I want to put him up as an eye catcher, not because he was so obvious, but because he's actually eligible for lesser graded races than the one he was running on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was 0-95 Saturday. He's um, eligible. You can find a good spot on a 0-80 off a mark of 80 or a 0-85. Uh, there's a few meetings at Nottingham coming up, uh, 19th, 29th, and the 2nd of July. If he's entered there, he's two for three there, and he should have won his other start as well. His narrow defeat. It'd be very interesting if he goes back to Nottingham. Um, yeah. I, I actually well, tipped him up on Saturday. I, I just thought... Well, it was a tricky race, and I, I was I was actually there. I was I was working at Haydock on the weekend. It was a tricky race in that there was no real obvious one for me, and I was trying to find a horse that looked like they were going to be ahead of their mark. He had mm. a lightweight. He's definitely ahead of his mark, and I thought he was drawn correct. However, as it kind of worked out that day, the lower draws were doing better than the than the higher draws um, on the sprint track. He was drawn high. Didn't necessarily help him. See, hung and it was just a bit of a messy race, bit, bit of a messy ride, I think, if we're honest. And it was a good performance to even manage to finish place. So, yeah, yeah I I do agree. I think he's one that's going to progress going forward. I think he could be ahead of it, ahead of that mark. And uh, yeah, I'd like up to see him in another decent sprint, though, because if he can get in off a low weight, there could well be a nice race now. Yeah, a nice part in him, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely one to keep on side for the immediate future. And then the last one was the the long term prospect. I mean, talk of the Irish Oaks for Al Asifa, mm-hmm. who won the three twenty at Goodwill on Saturday. Jesus, Sunday, Christ. Sunday. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. This was impressive, Meg, wasn't it? Yeah, she she really 
she bolted up, didn't she? Um, I, not even so much the winning margin, but the ease in which she did it was. Really yeah, so it reminded me of Baid when Baid ran at um, at Goodwood, and the, the effortlessness to just quicken into that final furlong, and just, I mean, like the second to last furlong, she clocked ten point six eight. She's doing it in a canter. Like yeah, she wasn't even breathed upon even the final furlong was a good sectional time and like she was doing nothing she was doing nothing at all and uh she's going to be very very nice i, I think it'll it will take a very very smart one to beat her and i mean you don't want to get too excited but if you're looking down the down the line at like the arc for example free old philly she, she's getting like 10 pounds isn't she in she's got to be a good three-year-old colt in that though Look, she, uh, she she wins the Oaks, the Irish Oaks, which I think she will. I think she'll beat Save the Last Dance if they meet there. The world's uh, I reckon she'll end up being the best three-year-old filly out of Gosling Yard, and they've already won the. She um she has to be supplemented, doesn't she? Still, although I know there's been talks about yes. she's in the Irish Oaks. So keep an eye, anyone who's interested in her, in um her sort of supplementary. But we'll know that sooner or later because it's actually only about two and a bit weeks away. Um, so not too long until that. I had an eye catch from Haydock as well, just to mention, um, was El Cabello, who ran um, behind Jumpy. Jumpy. Yeah. yeah, he got squeezed up late on. Um, the gap was there. The rider upsides very much knew that the gap was there and decided to shut that gap at a bit of an inappropriate time. Uh, Clifford Lee was very much snapped you know, had to had to take back and, and sort of wait before he ended up getting put on the floor. Um, so the fact that El Cabello managed to run on at all um, was a good effort. And I very much think he would have been a decent second, a closer second. Now, Jumbi, it was his perfect conditions. He is yeah. awesome on quick ground at seven furlongs, small enough field like that. Perfect. That is him all over. And I think City of York is perfect for him as we're looking ahead towards the Ebor. So he's got your pencil book out, maybe pencil him down there. Um, I know he's probably going to go to Royal Alaska this week, but next week. But City of York for Jumbie would be my like long term. That's the perfect one for him. El Cabello, however, yeah, that that's the question. What do you do with him? I don't know. He's I, I, the fact that he bounced back and ran so well is a positive. He's not slow. They obviously rode, rode him with a bit of restraint to make sure that he saw out the trip which he ran over before but different conditions on the weather um he can easily drop back to six i'm not sure where he's going to go now if they've got any immediate plans i'm not sure but he was an eye catcher for me he's not quite at the very top level but he's very solid group two group three performer and yeah. i'm sure there's another good race in him we saw him win the sandy lane last year he's tough as old nails yeah. and i just think that there's another race in him not one to give up on totally yet because he was eye catching for me so we've given you a bit of help there, Daryl, because I think you've chosen three or four and I've chosen one. So I've given you yeah, time. Well, you're, so, you know. you're being very conservative with yours. I like it. It's working for you so far. One, oh, there one, you go. Yeah. One run and one winner. Short <laughs> and sweet with the with the uh, eye catchers. Um, obviously, talked about the heat and things hotting up. Well, things fair to say, everything's hotting up now with, with us. Oh, nice segue. <laughs> um do you know what you just can't teach those things um <laughs> but uh obviously i will relieve you sort of nap of the week and until the right at the end of the podcast but we sort of touched on a couple of races briefly on our last week's um last week's show a couple of races we unfortunately would be here 
all day and all night if we went through every race. So we'll go talk about El Cabello. Let's talk about some um, three-year-olds for this year's Commonwealth Cup. Uh, and, I mean, I'd it's like to know your thoughts. It's a, it's a really competitive sprint. And, um, you know, I think we've got a really good bunch of three-year-old sprinters this year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I heard someone say that there wasn't a lot of depth to this, and I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree more. I think this is really really strong uh, if they all stand their ground. Um, little big bears at the top of the market, fifteen to eight. <sighs> he was magnificent last year as a two year old. Um, obviously a bit of a blip in the in the one thousand guineas trip. He didn't say on ground. He probably wouldn't have liked. Dropped back last time to, to Haydock in the um, Sandy Lane and, and won very comfortably. Mm. I do. I know he was a sort of. I know there was sort of a track bias there that day and he's probably flattered a little bit, but he won with enough in hand. I just think there's going to be a few people that's probably going to try and take him on on that basis. He only beat, should have been a ring at a length and a quarter, but like I said, I thought he had plenty in hand. He's, he's a strange horse because he's not one I'd want to go steaming in at, at 15 to 8, and he's not really one I'd be quick to lay either. So I think when you're backing a horse, I think you need to ask yourself, would you lay the, sort of, would you lay the favourite? And I'm not convinced I would at the moment. Um, but if, if I'm going to take him on, it'd probably be with Sakir, who I thought I thought he was really eye-catching in the 1,000 guineas. Again, like he's probably a run behind Little Big Bear where he hasn't bounced back and, and had a prep run for this. But I like the fact they've kept him fresh. That would have took a bit out of him, going up to a mile on deep ground at Newmarket. He looks an out-and-out sprinter, really, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, definitely. And I think coming back on fast ground is going to help him. He's he's a he's a strong finisher. He was in three starts anyway. He was very strong over that six furlongs, and, and I think a stiff six at Scott would definitely suit him. I'm I'm excited to see what he's got to offer because we don't we still really don't know what what he's quite capable of. Mm. Um, so he, he's the one that intrigues me the most. I think Noble Star was probably slightly overpriced. I didn't think it kind of worked out for him at Newbury. They went a little bit steady in the mid part of the race and then quickened off the front. He's looking more like a Chesham horse rather than a sprinter, whereas last year you would have said he's definitely a Commonwealth Cup horse. Um, a Chesham horse. Uh, not Chesham horse, a Jersey horse, sorry. Chesham I was going to say, Chesham, he's struggling to run in the Chesham. <laughs> huh? Give him the chop, get him in there. Um, but he's he's interesting at a double-figure price. Like You could probably say it's hard to say. It's hard to keep. It would be hard to keep Noble Star out of the frame on any of last, last year's two-year-old efforts. Uh, so... Perhaps he's what about, the value. Um, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on El Dassim, who was a huge improver for George Berry last year, went to Dubai, had an awesome time of things out there, didn't disgrace himself in the Alquaz against all older horses um, on his final start, where I just thought he looked as if, although he was up and grade up against older horses, he just looked as if he was maybe a little bit tired, a little bit laboured after a, a, a busy enough season. But, you know, he's he's thought plenty of, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he is as well. Um, he, he is a nice horse. I thought some of the races he picked up in Maydown last year or earlier this year, I thought they were sort of, uh, I thought they made him look a bit better than perhaps he would do against better better rivals and better company. But um, it, it, it's no no disgrace being beaten three lengths by Daniel on his final start there. Mm-hmm. Like he's open to improvement, of course he is. Um, but it's very difficult with Maydown form. Um, I fell for it so many times uh, and... I don't know what it is, but it doesn't always transpire back here. And I, c- I could see him being outpaced and staying on and looking like he wants seven. Um, 
I think he's that type of horse for me. Uh, so I, I just think there's more progressive rival, rivals in the immediate future as opposed to him. I think he'll have longevity, that's for sure, because of because he's, he's a robust horse, as you can see, how many runs he's had in Maidan this year. Um, but I think perhaps down the line he'll improve with age, whereas I think there's probably a few more here and now horses than like okay. Sakir and Noble, Noble Star. When you bet fair on racing, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal, like with our racing multiples offer. So if you like to dabble in doubles or flirt with lucky 15s, get extra places on horse racing any day this week. Daily rewards with Betfair. We're not each way market only. Place part of each way bet. Settle 1.5 odds. Selected UK and Ireland races. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. Okay. And on the total opposite end of the spectrum, um, what about your thoughts on the, um, I was going to say, that's got gold cup. cup. But I was going to, yeah, the gold cup is what I mean. Sounds like we're talking about Charlie <laughs> again. Well, oh, we can do. Too we can early the... for Cheltenham podcasts. Um, <laughs> no, the, the Gold Cup, yeah, very much the Ascot one. Uh, totally opposite end of the spectrum. We've got our stairs out and uh, open, really open. Yeah, I agree. Can um, I just say quickly before we get stuck into it? I'm absolutely fuming at the old man that he hasn't got Napa Hill back in from the field and thought open division, talented horse, good in bumpers, win an Ascot Gold Cup. But, Jesus. you know. Unfortunately, there's more than flying some to shout. the moon, I think. That would have been some shout. I I know, yeah, absolutely. And I'd have taken all the credit. I've actually I probably would have come out of retirement just for one day and one day only. <laughs> um, although that probably would have been the reason why maybe he was cut off by the idea. But um, <laughs> he, there is yeah, there's potentially more chance of me flying to the moon than him ever running actually <laughs> on the flat. But you know, the theory is that. You are right. In my just... mind, he would win a gold cup. So we'll just say that he is very able to win one, even though he's never going to get a chance to prove it. So. <laughs> you are right, though. Like, this is a division that's needed new blood breeded into it for some time. Like, it's always been dominated by, like, Stradivarius and Trushan. And, you know, you get, like, two or three horses that tend to be able to dominate this race. And I think that's because there's been a lack of depth. Whereas this year... It may be wide open, but there, there's some nice horses emerging uh, in this division. The likes of um, Courage Mon Ami for John Gosling, who looked very, very smart at um, a Goodwood last time, obviously needs to take a big step up to match a few of these. But the likes of Elder, oh, Elder off pushing through and um, Subjectivist coming back, your beer stepping up in trip. Like there's, there's, there's nice horses. Your beer won't stay in a double decker bus. You don't think your beer will stay? No. Why? He's bred to. I'm going bre- to be fat and I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not always in the breeding. I'm just like, sorry, Dad. But, like, it's not, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> girl, girl. I suppose yeah, it was no, skinny I... when it was my age. So, I, you know, I hope I don't follow the family <laughs> trait. But, like, ultimately, you know, it's. No, I, get saying. I get what you're saying, though, but, like, Surely, just looking back at the last few of his runs, like him steaming home, uh, like it's just to me he wants a trip. Like he's got no pace whatsoever about him. Um, I'm going to throw a rogue one in in a minute. I'll tell you why, right? The ones we've mentioned. Eldara, Elderov, right? Loads of ability. He's about 12-2. He's so small. He didn't, like, he just looked so slow at York. And he plugged on. I just thought, "Mm, I just wasn't that pressed. 
I just, no, I wasn't either. I, do you know what I've got? I've got I've got a feeling about one that could go and just run a massive race. I'm not saying it's going to win, but Echoes and Rain won't stay. Talking about won't stay. She won't stay. No, she won't stay. No, no chance. No. But the maestro. Yeah, maybe. Um, I thought Lone Eagle would run in there and run well, but uh, I think he's going to run on Saturday, which is disappointing because I put him up as an anti-post bet, so I've cost people a few quick in there. Yeah, disappointing. But uh, look, if you if I listen, we both disagreed on staying. We both, you know, like it's that's the thing we've mentioned before five horses and you can't it's it's wide open yeah even el habib like i know he's been behind eldar eldar off and a bit a couple of other other the cold train last time but i think he relished this going up, going up and i actually think napasil would win if we brought him in from the field that's <laughs> you're not bringing him in from the field though Meg, so no. he's, he's, he's on his holiday living his but, best life isn't this much better though, rather than having the likes of a short price Stradivarius winning this back to back to back, um, like two I horses like dominating the, the market? I do, I do like the superstar, but I know what you mean. It's nice to you know have Refresh an open race where every, I tell you what, everyone's going to get this wrong. It's going to be like a thirty-three to one no hopers for go and win this. Rajinsky, no. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. There's, it's so. But that is Royal Ascot, isn't it? Royal Ascot's very, yeah. very like. I mean, it's bloody difficult enough for punters. I mean, all everybody's doing this week, I suppose, is just looking at the cards, looking at the entries, just keep going over the same races that we would watch in all season with these horses reopposing each other. It's you know, and, and it does throw up some freak results, results at Ascot. So, yeah. Now, for you, you know, like from a punting perspective, would you prefer the two-year-old races? Do you prefer the handicap, or do you prefer the the top level group ones. I, I, I prefer the, I prefer the group ones, but I also like three year old handicaps because I, I I do watch a lot of the three year old handicaps throughout the season. Like that is my, yeah. I'm, where I'm drawn to. Um, I do like the two year olds as well because the issue with you like with, all of them. Yeah, I do, I do. But like the issue with two year old races is you, you never have enough to go on to have a really confident bet. Yeah. Right, but you. You can watch a two-year-old horse and you can ro- watch it run once and you you know if you've seen a good horse. Do you, do you get what I mean? You, yeah. You get the gut feeling. You just check just check a few little things like, is the time okay, etc. You get the gut feeling that you've seen a good horse. And I like that. I like taking the punt that of that are my eyes, uh, I believe my eyes. And so has there been a two-year-old that has, I don't mind Philly, Colt, what trip, whatever, that has really taken your eye you've been impressed by the time and you think gonna follow that two-year-old to ask her yeah beautiful diamond in the queen mary okay i think she was spectacular at nottingham i thought it was it was all effortless for her um carl burke said as well that he's been training there with a handbrake this came out after i had formed already formed my opinion so it was quite a little boost really came out and said that he's been training her with a handbrake on he's not really been able to sort of get after her and she wasn't fully wound up and and she she'll go to to um, Royal Ascot for the Queen Mary, and yeah, like she she'll get she, like she'll a stiff five is really what she wants, and uh, okay. she she's exciting, yeah. So a uh, bit of everything from from your point of view in, in regards to where you'll be looking uh, to try and sort of yeah scatter scatter around. That's you're right. you're a massive fan of the two year olds, though, aren't you? That, that, that's I your, love the two year olds. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I I I just I do really like the juvenile. See what you know what's called elite status he has stood out for me mm. he goes for the norfolk but i was at sundown and he my word I mean, we, we said about him being an eye catcher a couple of weeks ago um but he really was 
impressive, beautiful horse. Carl Burt, what a strong squad he's got going forward. Oh. You know, and you kind of think, oh, he's done well with his two-year-old for the last couple of years. Maybe he'll get a bunch, which isn't quite so good at some point. But they, they're they buying the right ones. They're all in good form. The horses are fit, healthy, running well, winning. He's got solid, solid chances at Ascot once again. And they're still underrated in the markets as well a lot of the time. So, yeah. Don't give a secret away, Daryl. <laughs> the one we, oh. the two we've chosen between us, they probably aren't. They're probably sort of even money or something. We've got no hope. But anyway, no, five to one and six to fours. Elite State is six around six to four on Sportsbook. I think beautiful diamond four to one actually. The last to check four to one favourite, but it's a uh, open. Yeah, it's an open. Yeah, race. a Queen Mary. I think such a tricky race. And the thing is with the two-year-old races as well. Like from my point of view, is you know you can very much appreciate the winners. Amazing, but. You can see so many nice horses that finish in behind. There might be an eye catcher that were green early. The occasion might pop them slightly. You can see some seriously talented horses that might finish fifth, fourth or fifth or yeah. you know something like that. That you think that's that's a two thousand guineas horse next year, or, or that's a thousand guineas horse next year, whatever it might be. And you know you've got you've got to remember we've got the Jim Crack, we've got the Acom, both you know at York at the end of the year. You've got the. Uh, it's almost like the season starts at Royal Ascot for a lot yeah, of these we, like, we, we're not even anywhere near. Do you know what I mean? We've got yeah. so many to look forward to. And then you take all the way to the back end of what I don't know what it's going to be called. The Virgin Futurity Trophy probably has a new name coming this year. Um, but like that's at the back end of the year. And, you, know, yeah. you, you think potentially horses that are running in the Chesham are the ones that we could be looking at towards that. But we've got so many nice two-year-olds to run they don't have to win to be the the, the good horses actually so quite a lot of the time the horse that finished placed or a beaten can end up being the better horses in in time so I, that's why i love the two-year-old race so much because it isn't just necessarily all about the winner it's about the future yeah talking of the future what's your week look like next week um busy um obviously got my declarations and trying to get Kevin on as many good chances as possible. Um, never How does that work with Ammo Racing? Obviously, they well, obviously for, for, you know, Ammo have plenty of runners, um, you know, all being well touched with, they all get there in one piece from from now till till race day. Uh, but they've got plenty of runners, so obviously he gets to, to choose if they're dubbed, you know, if we've got two or three in the same race, he gets to choose which he thinks is the, the one with the best chance. Um, and then, obviously, the race that they haven't got runners in, it's down to me to try and get him on the best chance that I, I can get him on. And you've got to remember, Ascot, there's not that many gaps. Sometimes the big handicaps there can be, but ultimately... You just pick up the thing, blower. And, do you just pick up the blower, do you? And just call, call the trainer. Of course. Always. The <laughs> office or the trainer or whoever, the race manager, whoever it might be. I guess over time from doing it now, you work out who the best people are to, you know, approach and contact. And quite a lot of it is done ahead of Ascot. You know, normally you're waiting for entries to come out and then you're sort of offering... Um, your jockey's availability but for Ascot you know sometimes a trainer might ask you to sort of reserve your jockey if you like for x race and y race oh, a bit nice. ahead of time um so yeah it you know it all works itself out but you like I say you have to remember that all these horses going to Ascot nine times out of ten they've got a jockey that's ridden it regularly the yard might have their stable jockey and owner might have the, so there's not many gaps or spares um, so it's all about building up to Ascot as well and trying to get on the right horses ahead of the fest, you know, big big festivals um, in order to secure them on the big day. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be trying to do our best. And then you've got to remember horses being balloted out and stuff like that. So and ITV be, uh, as well. Yeah, I'll be doing that alongside ITV. So I've got um, the opening show Tuesday to Saturday, and then I'm also on the afternoon show on the Saturday too. So uh, busy. Okay. 
but uh, hopefully a, a really good week. I'm interested in seeing what the weather's going to do because that can always change things quite a lot. And at the moment, we're showers Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So how heavy they're going to be, whether that changes again or not. Mm-hmm. But that could be interesting. Jesus, I didn't know that. I haven't looked at the weather report just yet. I'll be in Portugal, so... Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, yeah, Portugal, I hear, I actually, yeah, rumour has it that you've got, a, 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 you know, a, a week off, not joining the pod next week, you know, bigger and better things to do, so spill the beans. <laughs> I don't know about that, I'm, I'm on my stag do, it's my stag do. Oh, okay, well, yeah. that's a good week. Yeah, I know, oh, don't, it's absolute you, murder. You messed that one up. Oh, it's mur- I booked it as well. I thought Royal Ascot was the week before, so I booked it. You've got to check the calendar. The BHA likes to change things around. You should I know. know. Right div. A right div. Yeah, so I'll a, probably have my pants around. I'll probably have my pants around my ankles down, wrapped to a lamppost or somewhere while they're... God, and they'll be teasing you because your sort of nap of the week has been beaten or something. Um, on, on that note, who is the nap of the Ascot week? Uh, nap of the week is a short price if Hukum runs in the hard week I think he'll take a world of beating but I, I really like the, a, a nice price 4-1 to one. I really like Beautiful Diamond I'm really okay. really taken by her okay nice you love it um, I think de- obviously dependent on the weather we wouldn't want too many showers but should dry up again um, Olivia Moralda I think she has a huge chance in the jersey um, back end of the week she was pretty impressive at Epsom on her last nice. start so yeah, I think she's um, she's she's my one for the week. So finger, fingers crossed. But uh, Daryl, enjoy your stag. Hope you come back alive. Obviously, just a reminder because of not just because of Daryl's stag. I'm partly to do with it, but we are off next week because of Royal Ascot. Everyone's going to be tuning into the races, uh, but we will be back uh, to discuss everything shortly afterwards. And we will obviously let everyone know when we are back, and you can listen to our sort of post Ascot reports and, and views really. I'm sure we'll have lots of eye catchers. Interesting to see if Daryl can sort of get a point back up at me. Um but <laughs> we'll, we should have made note actually of all our eye catchers because that's I have. That, that should have you. Yes, I have. That is good because I feel like this is on now. So actual I do now. it's a competition now. Yeah. Um it. so okay, well loads hopefully going on next week. Hopefully everyone has a bit of fun and a bit of luck. And we'll just have to remind everyone, please gamble responsibly. And I hope that everyone comes home with loads of winners. <laughs>